0: Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. Lisa Jo, a few of my favorite ordinary things are reading a book in the hammock, picking strawberries at a local farm. And pulling out the swimsuits for one more summer. Ooh, yes, good one. Some of mine are afternoons at the next-door neighbor's pool,
1: stopping for ice cream cones with sprinkles and s'mores around the fire pit.
0: We are all in for such a treat this summer because Lisa Jo has a new book available at the end of July. It's a love letter to ordinary life called The Middle Matters. Why that extra ordinary life looks really good on you. This incredible book is like a magic mirror. It showed me just how marvelous my ordinary life already is. In these hilarious and honest essays that are so much like our conversations on this podcast, Lisa Jo invites us to take a good look at our middles and gives us permission to embrace them beyond what the media, the mirror, the magazines, or our teenagers might say. Through gutsy, beautiful storytelling, she admits out loud what most of us are thinking about marriage, parenting, the bathroom scale, and our struggles with doubt and faith. Chrissy, you are the kindest
1: of friends, and to all of my friends who are listening, I want to give you a special gift if you pre-order the book. If you go to the themiddlemattersbook.com and find your favorite retailer and place an order before July 23rd, we have curated the most delightful pre-order gift bundle for you. It includes a $10 gift card to dayspring.com that comes with free shipping if you're in the U.S., Three chapters of the audiobook as read by me, a behind-the-scenes photo album that describes each of the essays in the book, and then, this might be my favorite part, eight secret podcast sessions with me. We're calling this series Meet Me in the Middle, Confessions of a Carb-Loving Author. So friends, just go to the middlemattersbook.com, place your order, and then follow the instructions to claim your gifts. And now... Our conversation today.
0: Lisa Joe, earlier this summer, you shared a really beautiful, personal, powerful photo and story on Instagram. And it was something that had just happened, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you were having very strong feelings about. And I'm your good friend. And I, like others, first heard the news there on Instagram. So I was right there with you, uh, watching your Instagram stories, commenting on this post. And I um, am really glad that you're going to get the chance to tell that story Mm -hmm. here. But what I wanted to tell you is that your story, at first I was just entering into it as your story, this beautiful story. And then I slowly dawned on me, I I have a similar story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's different. Of course, it's not your story. It's It belongs to my family, but the similarities were so striking. And I don't... So at this point, because listeners, by now you know, we do not script these conversations. We do not plan (laughs) them. These are real conversations between friends who have this shared history and are just so eager to invite others into the story and into the conversation. So I don't know where, what direction (laughs) this conversation will take. And I am really excited to find out because it... The coincidence of having these mm-hmm. stories with so many overlapping details, I'm just wondering, it must mean something. I think there, right. there must be some meaning that we're going to pull out it's of that's it's worth sharing with you guys, because our hope is
1: always that our conversations will trigger something in you too, right. that you'll right. be able to listen and say, oh, yeah, I have something similar or that resonates with me or that affirms something I've been experiencing. Because when Christy and I started comparing notes mm-hmm. on these two stories about what it means to give a baby a name, Mm -hmm. we were, well, I'll admit, I was sitting on her bed last night (laughs) and she was folding laundry and she was packing for a trip that's coming up. And I was telling her how I want to have this conversation. And she was saying we should dig into this Instagram post. And then when she started sharing the story from her family, I started crying right on her bed. And I thought, and I said, how have I never heard this and i couldn 't
0: believe that I was sure that you knew that story it 's such a precious one i can 't believe that i hadn 't shared it and um so i'm I, yeah i 'm really excited to share it again with you right now and to share it with our listeners and I think it will the story will continue as this episode goes live and as we get to hear from our listeners and we get to hear as you always are so gracious to do share bits of your stories back with us because I have a feeling if if your story echoed in me and my family, this story probably has echoes in other families. And, and I, Christy's yeah. going to share hers first. Does it sound so mysterious? I <laughs> hope it does. I hope you're
1: all like, ooh, what are, what they? are these get stories? Get to it already. But Christy's going to speak hers first. And I think it's because it's ongoing. There are parts of Christy's story yes. we've already shared here. So mm-hmm. if you are new to the show, you're going to want to go back and listen to episodes 19 and 20, Episode 19 is called, You Called Me What Now? And episode 20 is, Why It Might Be Time to Claim a New Name. Mm. And they touch on an ongoing story in Christy's family to do with her sister Kelly and her husband Sean who Mm -hmm. is a Marine who lost his life Mm -hmm. and so we began parts of the journey of that story in those episodes episodes 19 and 20 and this is one of those beautiful hidden gems that has come out of that story arc Mm -hmm. and it's actually one I had never heard before so I was so excited for Christy to come and share it and for me to hear more of the details of it because when she started telling it last night I was like wait 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 let's save it for the podcast let's share the whole thing there so a lot of this what you're listening is me along with you hearing this for the first time but being so moved because we already have a shared context of a lot of the heart of this journey that mm-hmm. Christy and her family have been on mm-hmm. after the loss of Sean.
0: And it's fascinating to me as we revisit these stories in our lives, as I re- revisit here in the podcast with my sister's blessing and permission, um, the story that we've been living, how many conversations we've we've had, you and I, Lisa Joe, about names, about mm, the power of a name, right. the gift of a name, the blessing of a name, the story of a name. And I think names must be some of the most ordinary stories daily stuff, right? Our own name, the names of our our children, our family members. I mean, this is just absolutely the stuff of ordinary life. And yet these names are like, well, I'm going to go there again with this metaphor. They are like seeds, like Mm -hmm. like contained within just the name is like power and this generative energy that just explodes into the world. And so names are, they're ordinary and also anything but ordinary. Mm -hmm. And I just, I So, I'm excited to kind of revisit that theme and and hopefully, you know, I think tease out new meanings. So, the story continues. If you have listened to those episodes, you know that the ongoing story in my family past three years is that um, my sister, I'm the oldest of four, and my sister Kelly is. Next after me, and uh, she was married to my brother in law Sean for many years, fruitful years. They had four children, two boys and two girls, really the same ages as my own and that's been so fun in our family that we say that in our family the kids in our family all have a cousin twin <laughs> oh, <laughs> so my oldest has her cousin twin, you know which is kelly 's oldest, and then on down the line, they all have their their sort of matching cousin, and so we shared a lot of life together. Up until the time of Sean's death, uh, three years ago, he was serving as a helicopter pilot um, in the Marines, and they were living in beautiful Hawaii. And uh, Sean, along with 11 other uh, Marines, lost his life in um, an accident during a night training exercise. And because they'd been out over the water, they were missing, and we didn't know for a while what had happened. It took time for a, a search and rescue operation that then turned into a recovery operation. And I flew to Hawaii with my oldest, my daughter, to be with my sister to, so she could be with her cousin twin and, and her other cousins, and we could be together. And family flew in, but one important member of our family could not come and join us in Hawaii during that time of waiting and praying and hoping and then grieving, um, and that was the the youngest of my siblings, my brother and his wife. And they could not come because my brother's wife was very pregnant. She was um, going to give birth at any time. And we knew she was going to give birth to a baby boy. And so there was no, it wasn't even a choice. They had no option. They could not be with us. And I know that that was devastating for them. That it was very mm-hmm. hard for them to be so far away and to have no possible way of joining Mm. us and so there were many phone calls and and you know we're trying to keep them keep communicating with them and sort of share with them what was happening in the latest news and what it was like to be there but i know it was it felt like a heavy hard thing why can't they be here with Mm. us why why this timing why did it have to be so close to the birth and it felt at first like Why, Lord? (laughs) You know, this is just one more hard thing in a a week of these terrible things. Yes, this is this is not good. This is not a good thing. They should be here with us, but we kept, you know, in the in the midst of grieving and being there. At the same time, we were waiting for news. How how is my sister in law? And and how are they doing? Waiting, and they had this was their fourth child. They had other children. They're caring for young children, and so we're checking on them. And then the day came in Hawaii uh, for. An official uh, memorial service. The Marine base there had a very formal, very powerful, very intense service in honor of these young men who had lost their lives. And all the families of these young men came in. There were others there who had been married and they had. Was it in like a an air, so like, it was. It was right or? there in there, and I apologize in advance that I will not know all the right terminology. But it was in there, their hangar, in the hangar. Okay. And so the these enormous um, mm. aircraft were all around, and it was where Sh- Sean, my brother-in-law, had gone to work. Every you know, every day. day it was his it was his office essentially. But of course, it looked oh, if I could describe it for you. This enormous hangar, these huge aircraft around, but the hangar would be open at one end with this mm. view of these these sheer green velvet cliffs over Mm, water and of hawaii it was astonishing you felt like you were staring out at a movie set or something Mm. the beauty was such that it was
1: the contrast like almost
0: like sharp like so beauty it hurt a little bit Mm. it was so intense this you know it wasn't like "Well, that's pretty it was like beauty that 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 almost makes you want to to like bow down mm. and like like feel small and humble Oof. it was intense kind of And beauty. I remember I
1: think you shared some online where they had photographs right mm-hmm. these big photographs of each of the fallen marines Yes yeah, so
0: it was just a an intense um, place to walk into feeling intense emotions
1: and you're walking in now too where you guys have been grieving just your family alone but right. now you're in a space Joined with 12 with, other grieving families Exactly
0: oh, Exactly the weight. and the children you know mm. Sean's children are with us and it's it's their first sort of public um, stepping into that collective grief it was a very heavy hard beautiful but hard moment mm. and and it was a moment because literally we we parked our families kind of all clumped together and we sort of escort one another into this hangar and of course we don't know what's going to happen in that moment or exactly you know where to go and we step we step into the through the doors. And we see this, you know, this enormous hangar, these aircraft and this view of the cliffs. And at that precise moment, my sister Kelly uh, gets a buzz on her cell phone and she holds up her phone and she says, she's had the baby. They've had the baby. (laughs) And so we know then my brother and his wife have had the baby. And then just following on that, she tells us the name. But now, before I say the name, yeah. I have to back up <laughs> yeah. and tell you this name. This name, <laughs> you know that w- I think when news of a new birth comes, we're all waiting. What is the, you know, what right. is the name? Always that's important. Like with the royal baby, we with were the royal, waiting exactly. for like three what is or two name? or three days. What's exactly? The name? What's the name? But that that sense of expectation and wondering was intensified in this moment because. <laughs> For nine months, my brother and his wife, together with all of us, had been debating intensely Mm. the name. (laughs) And there's a reason for that. They shared early in the pregnancy, or maybe when they found out they were expecting a son, they shared that they really wanted to honor my father Mm. with the name of this baby. And uh, here's a funny story. (laughs) So this, you guys, this was an entire cultural
1: revelation to me. And if you are from the Deep (laughs) South, you're going to have to message us and let us know Who in your family has a name similar to this? Because it was something I have never heard before.
0: (laughs) For those of you who have a copy of my book, Placemaker, I'm actually, I've got one here next to me, which is why I thought to to open it. Uh, You might hear the little pages slipping, but I dedicated it to my father, uh, because he was the gardener who who taught me about loving beauty in the, in the natural world. And so I dedicate to my father and you can see if you have a copy, what it says, it says for my father, W period, M period. So, WM, and then in quotation marks, Mark Day. So, that's my father's name. But you might be thinking, what is this? His nickname is Mark. What is the W and the M? So, my father, born to a farming family in North Texas, was given the name WM.
1: WM. That was his <laughs> entire name. And when I asked Christy, what did it stand for? She said, WM. <laughs>
0: But, of course, you have to hear it with that te- that soft Texas voice, WM, WM. And so, my father, um, that was his name, and that and so is that, his just name. Just to pause for a
1: minute, <laughs> that you were telling me is quite typical, that in these certain sure. parts of mm-hmm. the South, people are simply named letters, initials, initials yes. that don't necessarily yeah. stand for anything. There no. wasn't someone in the family who had those a name with those initials.
0: He was just named two initials. WM. WM. But, of course, it's not a common practice, even in Texas. And so when my father was older, um, and I think when he went to college, he he chose a name for himself. Mm. And, of course, we've had conversations yes. about choosing a name yes. and the power of choosing your own name. And so my father did that. And, um, and that's a whole other story I won't even dive into, but he chose the name Mark. So, it was more than a nickname. The it was M. a name. So, in the WM, he just for He just, he, Mark he for just said M. Mark. And mm-hmm. so, he's known to, to most people as Mark. But, of course, his family, his immediate family, his siblings still call him WM because that's his name. So, my, my brother and his wife wanted to honor my father. And so, their idea was to give their son two names, a W name and an M mm-hmm. name. I love that. So, that his initials it would be WM. Would be W-M. <laughs> So, <laughs> what ensued was 9 months really or you know several months anyway of near daily conversation about what could those names be. Mm. And you know, it's, it's been a few years now. It's I don't remember the exact nuance of the debate, but what I do remember is how much trouble we all had agreeing on any W and M names. There was hmm. something actually seriously wrong with everything we considered. <laughs> and so I can't remember why, but there would be, you know, maybe but there names was a, weird associations exactly, sometimes. Exactly. You know, maybe or, there was yeah. a, a W name and an M name that just didn't sound good together. But then if you changed it to this M name, well, then they had, they knew someone who had been a horrible person and they just yes. couldn't name that, yes. you know, they couldn't yes. use that name or, you know, whatever those very personal associations with the name could be. So that meant that even though they had invited the family into this conversation about the name and we were all offering endless, endless suggestions, nothing was right. And it began to feel like, what is going on here? You know, will this child be named? <laughs> will, will they ever have a name? Will they ever have a name? Will they ever be, will they be able to fulfill their dream to honor my dad in this way? And, you know, we did not know. Well, that moment, stepping into the hangar, my sister receives the news in that exact moment, the baby has been born. I know. (laughs) It's so beautiful. And then she tells us his name. And she says the W name. And then, but what will it be? What will complete the mystery M W and M. And she says his name is Matthew. And that was Sean's name. (laughs) His name was Sean Matthew. And of course, we all stood there stunned. Because what we realized in that moment is that for all these months, we hadn't known two things. We hadn't known the name of this child who was being formed yeah. in her womb and the plans God had for that boy. That boy was a mystery to us. His name was a mystery and unknown to us. And we had not known that Sean would die, that we would lose him. This great, terrible thing that we had not known. But in that moment, when we realized that the boy's name would honor his uncle, whom he would never know, we knew that all along, God had known. <laughs> it wasn't he had seen. It wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a mystery to him. He had known, and he had been preparing all of us um, to uh, receive a great gift in that moment. It wasn't a spur-of-the-moment decision. Oh, okay, this is all happening, and in the, the emotion of it, we will honor Sean, which they may have done, but we were prepared the discussions had been had, this name will honor the men in this family, and it will be W, and it will be M. But what we had not known is that that M would be Matthew, hmm. and it would be Sean's own name. Yeah. And, uh, oh, my goodness. So we step into the hangar and we step into the situation that feels so hard and heavy. But what we stepped into was not death, but life out of death, (laughs) life and birth and newness and promise and hope in that moment where it feels like there is no hope. Yeah, I'm still in awe of that gift. It felt like a gift that God had prepared for the whole family. It felt like um, like a whole story just wrapped up in one name, mm. and uh, and so um, my brother and his wife were able to honor not only yes. <laughs> my father, the yes. grandfather to this baby, but the but the uncle, and it as gave well. purpose and
1: meaning to them being left behind.
0: It exactly yes, that was the thing that we thought was ugly and hard and not right. Suddenly, that moment became absolutely right, yeah. absolutely yes. right. That's wild. So, oh so Lisa, jo, that is <laughs> that is it. our story. Yes. And I thought of it when I saw your post on Instagram and I saw that the very vulnerable photo you shared of yourself in a in a real moment of emotion as mm. you were in the middle of your own you know understanding your own story Mm. yes yes with your own name and so I would love to hear (laughs) you tell the story again to me and our listeners you
1: know if you know me in person I'm like all the feelings and emotions but on Instagram I'm not really one to let you see my deepest sorrows or you know and but I had a moment um in May that was so powerful and so meaningful and hit me in a place in an, in such an unexpected way that the overflow of emotion just almost like demanded to be shared and told, and so I had shared video you know i so I had shared video of this moment um, with Instagram, and then I had just taken a screenshot of one of the videos i didn't want to pose a photo of myself, but I saw the videos and I took a screenshot to be able to share this moment on Instagram because it felt like. The end of a journey somehow that I had been on a journey of grief and I didn't, I didn't know I'd been waiting still for mm. this last scar to heal. So I'll back up to the beginning of my story. Um, as you know, obviously, my name is Lisa Joe. <laughs> And I think a lot of our listeners know I'm named after my mom. Her name was Joe. And she always called herself just Joe because she had no middle name. <laughs> and there was no even an E on the end of her name. It was just J O. And her last name was a good Dutch last name, Sem, S E M, very short name, Joe Sem. That's it. And she's funny because, because she had such a short name, she gave all of her children four names we have these long long names that's true so if you are um you probably don't know this a lot of people don't realize this that lisa joe is actually my second name so she combined these two names lisa and joe and she hyphenated them so she gave me her name and attached it to a name she loved lisa but then she also named me rachel but Rachel, she thought, because she was an English teacher, a Latin speaker, a German speaker, a Dutch speaker, she loved language, she loved words, and my last name, my maiden name, is Rouse, R O U S, and she thought Lisa Jo Rachel Rouse had too many R sounds in a row, mm. and she liked how Rachel Lisa Jo Rouse mm. sounded, forgetting, of course, that I would get married one day and that would change. <laughs> So, for only a few years of my life compared to the rest of my life. But I am now saddled with this first name I have to explain to everybody. <laughs> but she named my brothers, you know, like Joshua, Hadaman, James, Rouse, Luke, mm. Benjamin, Cole, Rouse. They have these long extended names. And she did it to make up for the fact Aww. that she had this very short name, Joe Sem. Joe Rouse is who she was her whole life. And, um, So there I was, I took her own name and um, as most of our listeners know, she passed away a week to the day after my 18th birthday. And so, when I had my firstborn, who was a son, we named him Jackson Joe to honor her and me. And she herself was named after a series of women in our family who all had this name, Joe. That's
0: right. And so,
1: it's come down a long line of strong women and passed on to my son, Jackson. And I always tell him, You are named after some very strong women. I you love be sure that. <laughs> and live up to that son. <laughs> Jackson Joe. So I love that he and I share this name. But you know, I'm the oldest and I have three kids. I've moved to the States, and then comes my brother Joshua and he's married, and they have three kids now, too. And then was my brother, Luke, and he's married to a woman we love very much, but they haven't had any kids yet. And so, for a number of years, they, they hadn't had kids. And um, But really, our family is so whole and so healed after mm-hmm. my mom passing away, and Joshua's kids are so wonderful and such a delight. And... Um, we just have lived really the circle of of life. There's been mm. so much life, so much abundance, so much healing, so much joy in our family. And so I didn't realize I was still had this place in my heart that was very tender especially toward Luke because he's 7 years younger than I am. And in many ways I mothered him, you know, whether he wanted it or not. <laughs> I think probably there were times where I was overbearing as a mother. After my mom had passed away. But you know, Luke, my mom was in hospital for two years. So she became sick. She was diagnosed when I was 16. And then from the ages of 16 to 18, she was in hospital. She was away from us and we were alone. And we had my dad, obviously, but in many ways, he was. Gone a lot. He worked many hours in order to take care of us. And he would drive through to visit her in the hospital. Most of the time he'd take us, but sometimes he'd just go to visit her. So the three of us were these three little Musketeers mm-hmm. getting by without their mom. And so during that time period when she was away, it was from Luke from the ages of nine to 11, just really tender. And you know, I have an 11 year old now. And to look at Micah and to imagine. Myself being absent for the last two years of his life, Mm -hmm. is hard for me to even process what that means. It's so wild to me. And to imagine when I look at his vulnerable 11-year-old self, fifth grade, to think of myself dying now, I can't, my brain can't even wrap itself around it, but that is the age Luke was when our mother died. And I have memories of him from that time in our lives. It's funny, you know, I would have bad dreams. So I would have been when he was 11, I was 18. So maybe I was having bad dreams that whole time period, 9 through 11. So maybe let's pick 10. He was 10. And when I had bad dreams, I, and I would imagine there was someone in the house, like someone had broken in and I'd be afraid. And I would go to Luke. I don't know why. Like, why didn't I go to my dad? Why didn't I go to the older brother? I don't know why. Why? I would go to Luke, and I'd whisper, Luke, wake up, wake up, to my little 10, 11-year-old brother, wake up, I had a bad dream, I think someone's in the house. And he'd sit up in bed, and I'm actually imagining my own son now at this age, he'd sit up in bed, he'd rub sleep out of his eye, and he would just take me by the hand, and he would walk his teenage sister around the house, into every, you know, into the pantry, into the kitchen, into the bathrooms, he'd push the door open, and he'd go, look, there's no one here. Look, there's no one here. He'd walk me around the entire house. Then he would take me back to my bedroom. He would put tuck me in bed. He'd kiss me and he'd say, you're safe. And then he'd walk back to his own room and put himself to bed. And at 11, our mom died. And as an 11-year-old, you don't carry a lot of memories of your mom. I've been surprised how little stuck with him. A lot of his memories he'll tell me are because of the stories other people have told can't look at Christy because she's crying. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He would tell stories, but he would say, I'm not sure if these are my memories Mm -hmm. or if this is just, I've heard this so many times about mom. And so he's often talked about how he doesn't have a lot of memories of her. He doesn't carry them. And that's been really hard for me as a mother of an 11-year-old to think, are you kidding me? Like... Everything I've sewed into your life, and it's so much, and all the exhaustion, (laughs) and the prayer, and the emotion, and the showing up. You remember? Like, I didn't make an imprint that's so horrifying to think about. And so, he's often talked about that, you know, and he and Corrine have the most wonderful marriage. We love Kareen so much. I mean, Luke has dated her since she was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, she was, they were, I think one of like, the, they just started dating when Peter and I got married. And I have this memory of them, you know, at our reception in South Africa. And There's little Kareen and Luke, and he loved her so much. And I remember when Pete and I then returned and lived in South Africa for a while, when my Jackson Joe was born, I remember Luke telling me at the time, because he and Kareen had, had broken up, you know, they'd had this early young romance. And there he was in college now. And they'd become friends again. And he just kept telling me, I'm we're just friends. I just love her. I just want to be her cheerleader Aww. and her champion. And I kept saying, I don't know, Luke. <laughs> like, I feel like it might be more than that. <laughs> he would assure me it wasn't. He was just Aww. here to support her. Suffice to say, you know, they were they fell in love and they got married and I remember Luke telling me when we were in the States, and you know, I wasn't sure if we'd be able to come home for the wedding because then we had just had our second born, Micah. We were living in Michigan, and me telling him, I don't know if we'll make it, you know, I it's tricky. Micah's really little, like I don't know if we'll be able to travel. And Luke told me, if you're not here, there'll be no wedding. <gasps> you have to be oh. here. And we just had this connection, you know, yeah. we had loved each other and he had been sort of my first experience of being a parent, as fumbly and bad as it was <laughs> as a teenage girl. And, and I had really been the first mother figure in his life. And we were there. We were there with baby Micah. We were there for their wedding. We were there to dance. We were there to celebrate. We were there for the toasts. We were there when they drove off in the just married car. You know, we were there for all of it. And so when Corrine was pregnant, I was, of course, delighted. I didn't have any sadness, just joy, joy, joy. But when I woke up that morning to the messages from home that the baby had been born and that they had named her after my mom, they named her after Corrine's mom and my mom, her name with a hyphen, just like mine, is Anna Jo, when I woke up to that news, I couldn't stop crying. I was like a crazy person. <laughs> I was sobbing and sobbing. First, I got hold of my dad and I got to speak to him and kind of hear the updates, how it had gone throughout the night, how Luke had called when Kareen's water had broken and my, what my dad had said and when they'd headed to the hospital. And you know, I tried to call my brother, but of course, you know they're exhausted and a baby's just been born and he couldn't answer. And at this long call with my dad, weeping and weeping. And then I got hold of Luke and we got to talk to them. And you know it's bad when the guy who's been up for like two days because they just had a baby is saying to his sister, are you okay? Are you going to be all right? Like he's (laughs) comforting me. (laughs) And I tried to understand why I had such a strong reaction. And in many ways, it has a lot of the same notes of your story of Sean because I didn't realize how I had been waiting for some kind of final closure for Luke, Mm -hmm. some sense that he was okay, he Mm -hmm. was profoundly okay, that God had spoken life where there used to be death. And there's something about this precious brother of mine having a daughter Mm -hmm. and naming her after our mom that made me realize he's okay. (laughs) He's whole. He's restored. He's 100% healed. God has spoken life into death the way God does. And I wanted to read what my sister-in-law, Corrine, posted on Facebook after the baby was born, because I love how she says it, and it should be in her words. This is her story. This is her daughter. This is her future, her inheritance. And I just get to be a proud auntie (laughs) who can cry from the sidelines (laughs) and just love this little girl so much already. Corrine wrote, Anna Joe Rouse. And I kind of like how the Joe is right there next to the Rouse, just like my mom was Joe Rouse. This is Anna Joe Rouse. Your name means full of grace, full of favor, little sweetheart. You are named after your grannies, Annette and Joe, and Anna from the Bible. Anna was a prophetess. She was promised that she would recognize the Messiah while she was still alive. she held on to that promise, and she waited patiently, and it was fulfilled when she saw Jesus in the temple. May your identity always be in Jesus. He fulfills promises, and he is faithful, Anna Jo. You have been so gracious to us as new parents. Oh, how we delight in you, And the reason this is so meaningful and brings full closure to me is that after my mom died, my dad gave me her Bible. And it was the Bible she had had when she had me from very early in their marriage and in her parenthood. And my dad told me she had been afraid to give birth. She wasn't sure how it would go. Would she be right? And she had this constant fear that something would happen to her during the birth. And interestingly enough, I was born in a very remote part in South Africa in what used to be called Zululand, where my father was serving his residency on a very remote hospital in this part of Zululand. And so when my mom gave birth, the only doctors there were my father. And his friend, who was working at this hospital, wow. can you imagine for uh. <laughs> her first baby? Yeah, there was no epidural, there was no ICU ward if anything went wrong. So her fear feels valid to me. Right, she had this fear about what might happen to her, and interestingly enough, in the very front pages of her Bible is written "Promise for Lisa Jo. And there's a verse from scripture in Isaiah where it says that the Lord will, blessed will be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord. And that she received this as a promise from the Lord that her baby would be safe and that she would be okay. She received the the first Joe, received this promise. And I felt in the wake of her death, God speak promises to me about how he would be with me. And then I think about my son Luke whose daughter is named Anna Jo.
0: Or your brother, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Who feels (laughs) like your son in some (laughs) ways. (laughs) Who feels like my
1: son, my brother, Luke, Mm. and his daughter named Anna Jo to live in the promise of a woman who had been promised she would see the Messiah. And that's the promise for all of us. The promise for Sean, for Kelly, for you, for your brother and your sister-in-law, for their baby, for my children named after my mom, for my brother and for his kids. We are all promised we will see the Messiah. He promises it to us. And then we get to live out that promise in the kingdom of God which is now. It begins now. And he gives us these moments of redemption, of new life in the very face of death. You know, there you are walking into that hangar. And it's like God saying, I claim this back. I claim it back. And I think about all the years of grief and sorrow and sadness in our family and my 11-year-old brother and how God said, I claim it back. The years the locusts have stolen, I claim it back. And so, gosh, we get to sit here in a farmhouse in Pennsylvania, so far away from Hawaii or South Africa, and bear witness to a God who does, He makes all things new. And now next generations will have these names that are living Ebenezers that say, we recognize this moment where God said, I claim life, here is Jesus, behold, you know the the blessed of the lord will will see his glory and we do we do we do we bear witness and so we just wanted to tell those of you that are listening we know you have sorrow stories as well you have Pain in your life. You have parts where it feels like the universe got torn apart and you're so mad at God and you're, you're allowed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can be mad and you can be sad and you can say, I don't understand, I don't understand, it isn't fair because that is certainly, certainly justified and it's how it feels. But let your big sisters sit here next to you mm-hmm. and tell you, we really do believe in a God who will show you one day how it wasn't a mistake how it wasn't an accident, how it wasn't wasted, Right. how he took that story and he laid down his own life to be able to speak life into it. And for us, he did it through these two names. <laughs> and it's the most beautiful, beautiful gift to be able to say, thank you, Jesus. We receive these new children mm-hmm. and we mark their names to remember of how you always speak life at the end of the story. If you enjoyed today's conversation, why don't you take a sec right now, scroll down in your podcast app and hit that subscribe button.
0: Which simply means that new episodes will pop up in your podcast app every week for free.